Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Supercoach Edge for the round nine review and round 10 preview. And it was a mixed bag of a round this round. Not unlike a box of favorites. We had the virtual picnics, crunchies, and boosts in uh, what we're titling this episode in You're So Golden. That is uh, the, the one and only uh, Golden Errol Golden. We saw him pick it up with a 156 mm. for the second week in a row, if you don't mind. Then we had Hodor smashing de- down the door for a 151 and Marshall delivering a tasty 131. And then we had the, uh, I guess you could call it the Turkish delight uh, of the box in the form of Sinclair's uh, 65, English's 88 and Dawson's 89 from these so-called primos, which fair to say all deserve to go straight in the bin, much like the, uh, the chocolate itself. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if there was anything worse, than a Dirk Turkish delight. I don't think there is anything worse than no. a Turkish delight. No, that's that's the that's the peak. <laughs> yeah, peak, peak, peak badness. Yeah. Peak. It's like the opposite of a peak. It's the trough. Uh, it would exist <laughs> in the form of a disastrous moment if you did trade in Mills, getting injured and summed out for a score of just four. Popper doing a calf for forty-three. Uh, LDU doing a hammy along with Steel and Laird, both being rested and subbed off for what their teams are now calling minor niggles. Mm. It was uh, a worry for some and not for others who managed to dodge the uh, the mayhem, as I think uh, both of us did, Liam, um, largely. But as a famous man once said, laugh is like a box of chocolates. You never know which one you're going to get. And so too is Supercoach. But of course, if you're not following us on socials where we post the latest news, post-match Supercoach scores and the odd meme or two, much like that one, you can do so via Twitter at Supercoach underscore Edge at DemoJ88. You can find Liam at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook Supercoach Edge and Insta and TikTok. 
Also, Supercoach Edge, just search on us uh, and you'll find us there. Yes, uh, but let's let's jump straight into it today. Let's kick off with the usual recap in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. For those new to our show, in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, we roll through some of the notable and some of the more forgettable performances, the peaks and the troughs as we to the top yeah. the uh the crunchies the, the i don't know what else is in a favorite spot crunchies uh i think now they've changed it now i think there's a dream i think potentially yes. or they've yeah. changed from a dream to something else i don't i don't know but they've, mm. they've omitted the flake the flake was my favorite yeah, so we're flake is tangent here, but just yeah. just bear with us folks uh but yeah, so, flake is the best <laughs> yeah flake is the good the bad yeah. is uh, well, the ugliest Turkish delight. The yeah, ugliest, obviously. Let's just say delight. that. The bad is just, I don't know, something that's, I don't know, maybe the dairy milk. It's like, it's it's solid, but like, yeah, not really what you're here for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. And we run through them. We touch on how our own teams also performed in uh, the segment and how our head-to-head rivalry is going. Yeah. yeah. Maybe just let us know what's your uh, your favorite chocolate is from the favorites. Yeah, as well. Just, we just yeah, keep it going. Yeah, let yeah. Let us know in the comments. Anyway, let's get on with it. Uh, with the good, we have uh, the good Goulden, because mm. Goulden was truly the. Uh, it's not only the goose that laid has laid the uh, the golden egg, but in this case, it was the swan that laid the golden egg <laughs> on the weekend as he smashed out a second consecutive one five six and double points also for consistency here. Crazy to think some actually traded him out only four weeks ago after a season low of forty seven. And uh, only for him to then punch out uh, 119 and, of course, those two scores of 156. So, goes to show, you got to have feet, feet, feet. I'll stop myself right there. I love that. Even like I think when he scored that 47, I'm fairly certain he was still in the top six forwards of of memory. So, it was a little bit short-sighted. I know a few people have also traded him out and now traded him back in Mm. after last week's score. So, two, two trades there as well. Not what I like to do. Uh, but anyway, let's move on to the bad. The bad. And it is Timmy English found himself in this this part of the part of the show. He had his second game below 100 for the season with a score of 88. But you know what? Given he has been averaging 137 only two weeks ago, it was only a matter of time before he did have that below par game. And I guess we can forgive him for that. Bad English. <laughs> Just a double A joke there. Uh, moving on Ooh. to ugly, and it is the other other swan, uh, Mills. And Mills, unfortunately, finds himself here not through any fault of his own, but it was no solace for those that had just traded him in, only to now have to trade him back out again due to injury. And it was on par, I think, with um, the running man mm. took Miller's injury as much of his ownership came in the week he went down with his knee. It's just rotten luck, really. Um, nothing more, nothing less. So. Unfortunate there for those owners, new and old alike. But I guess the silver lining, we always got to look at the silver lining. Again, no solace for those people who just wasted a trade and now have to waste another one on him. But by the time he comes back, as has been reported as well, um, just prior to us recording this, is that he's been ruled out between four to six weeks. Uh, But when he does come back, He's going to drop in price. I mean, he's got that, uh, what was it uh, that he scored? A four or five thereabouts? Yeah, four or five, something like that, yeah. Um, in his price cycle for, you know, another couple of weeks on top of mm. when he returns. So he's going to drop to around about, I reckon, about 400, 450K. So that's going to be a juicy, juicy price point. Um, so imagine getting him as like your M9. Insane. Uh, 
let's move on to how both of our weeks shaped up, Liam. And kicking us off, uh, my score, I ended up scoring uh, a nice, juicy 2,330, um, which was quite nice to see. And ranking-wise, mm. I rose up 2,342 spots to now sit 1,686 overall. Oof. So cut my ranking in half for the fourth consecutive week to sit in the illustrious top 1% overall, but hoping, of course, to crack the top 1K by the start of the dreaded buys, where, as we know, rankings can sometimes take a little bit of a hit. Uh, there's at least one week there where uh, we get a hit harder than most. Um, so hopefully I can make up a little bit of ground by the time those start, but um, yeah, happy so far. Uh, in terms of trades, I chose the perfect time to cash in Chandler, mm. as it turned out, which I thought, as is always the case, when you trade someone out, they always have a blinder. And it did happen with uh, Ashcroft, um, which I'll speak on in a moment. But yeah, Chandler, he actually scored a season low 42. Uh, so it worked in my favor there. And I ended up bringing in Weddle or Weedle, um, the uh, the new age Pokemon uh, who plays footy for Hawthorne, um, who surprised me with a score of 65. And I brought him in with a belief his job security was a little bit more sound than others on offer, such as Atkins from the Gold Coast, from, for example. Mm-hmm. And given he plays the dreaded round 15 bye, where I need as much cover as I can get. That was also the other reason why I opted to bring him in. My, In terms of my um, other trades, so I then used the cash from this downgrade to upgrade Ashcroft to Dawson. And you'd think on the surface, oh, yeah, that's, that's a nice upgrade. Like Dawson would have killed it in comparison to Ashcroft. No. So as it turned out, I would have scored an extra eight points if I didn't do that trade. <laughs> <laughs> That just shows like that. That's super coach in a nutshell for you. And you, you can't always come out on top with the trades as I did with mm. Chandler to Weddle. So a bit of a 50-50 light and shade there. In terms of the captaincy, I was glad I locked in the VC score from the pink sweaty pig and bypassed Bont, but more so Dawson, yeah. who I know some took the gamble on and would have been kicking themselves. Mm. And like I was, I was about to take my seat at Marvel stadium to watch my team just put in a putrid performance against the dogs. And we were messaging, messaging each other. We're like, do we take it? I was it? freaking out. Take it. And it was I was panicking. Because... Oh, so, so I, I had the siren going. I had on the big screen. They were announcing the players. All the players were walking out to their positions. We had bloody um, Corey Durden lining up at full forward. And I was busy laughing at that. Um, again, that's another, another side issue, but Michael Voss, you're a dickhead. Um, but there I was. And I had to think all amongst all that mayhem, do I lock in Clary Oliver? And I'm like, it's a, it's a pink sweaty pig. He's, he's, he's done well for me since I've got him in. I know, I know he's done good things for you, Liam as well, mm. but I saw that he'd scored the 120, and that for me is like the minimum 125 plus is like lock in automatic. And then as I locked it in, Siren went ball was bounced. I checked and he actually dropped from 120 to 119. <laughs> not that it would have made any difference no. at all. I wouldn't have them in like, Oh no, I'm not going to like, I'm going to change the bond even though I did try to do it potentially just to <laughs> and it said lockout. Um, but no, it was, uh, it was quite funny, but it was crazy. Wasn't it? Absolute mayhem. Yeah. Absolute mayhem. Yeah. But uh, overall I am in a pretty happy spot with my team with 19 primo slash keepers and the likes of Ryan Mitchell, Simpson, Wilmot and Chincotta, the main ones making bank for my last few upgrades, but first and foremost to provide cover across the buy. So fingers crossed they continue playing as always, though, for a more comprehensive look into my team as it stands, along with the strategies and trades I'm looking at for next week and beyond, and how I'm also planning to uh, to sort of mm. guess, plan for my buys. Um, it's that time of season. Um, and a bit of an insight into 
this is probably the, the first time I've actually had to put in more decent planning because otherwise my team talks would be like, oh, well, buys. Oh, just leave what as is. Yeah, what, what are buys? But uh, anyway, feel free to check that out. Uh, they are the mini episodes titled Demos Team Talk, which can only be found on our YouTube channel as an exclusive bit of content. So Liam, what about you? Uh, I know you did well as well. Yes, I, I'm happy with what happened. I'm happy with what happened. I went up, uh, scored a two 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 seven nine, so not quite the two three thirty. I think you scored, David. So but uh, my ranking did did go up. Did go up seven thousand. In I rose up the rankings. Too. Yeah. My ranking went down. Yes, mm. up seven seven thousand one hundred seventy eight spots to sixteen sit sixteen thousand two hundred and sixty third overall. So I was pretty happy with that. And it's just nice. funny. It's funny how scoring is so variable from week to week. Last week I scored two points more. Yes, last week I scored two mm. more points more than I scored this week. And I dropped 1.3k ranks. <laughs> but this week I go up 7.1k. I mean I know obviously week to week it's it's very different. It's just interesting. Interesting to think about. Yeah. Um I also uh, I made some trades. I brought in brought in Josh Weddle, like like yourself, David. I did consider uh, Drury, um, but I ended up only making the one trade, and it was Cowan out for Josh Weddle to bank me seventy k. Um, I considered trade. It's actually lucky because my I was actually going to use a second trade, and I just decided against it, and there was no reason really why. But every player I considered to bring in, um scored shit it was like i was considering sinclair i thought about Powell from gold coast yeah that was probably the only two really they both just didn't score nearly what yeah. i would have wanted so it was kind of worked out nicely in the end um so i did only make the one the one trade um i did uh try to play the game a little bit smarter this round uh so i used a lot of loopholes and dpp swings to maximize on-field points and it did work out relatively well um, so I banked Ryan 77 on Friday night with the F7. Yep. With, uh, yep. I did the same, yeah. Yep, did the same, yep. And the issue, the only issue was that I then decided to move Sheasel into my back line because I figured Mitchell won't score more than Chandler. Mm, and yep. uh, that didn't work out based off averages. Would have been what I did, but anyway, it was only 32 points in the end. Not, not, not an absolute killer. I took Oliver as my VC as well, so VC. But it's such a funny thing. If he scored 125, I wouldn't have even messaged you. I would just be like, lock no. it in, done. Scores 120, I'm like, do I take it? Yeah. What do I do? I'm like, it's five, five points. points, seriously. Like, what difference does it make? It's not like 100. <laughs> but yeah. And then when he dropped to 119, I was like, ah, oh, this is the end. This is this is it. This is yeah. where it all goes downhill. Ah, oh, <laughs> such a weird game. Such a Isn't weird it? game. And the rules don't make sense in my head when I when I think about these things. But yeah, 125, I would have locked it in, no question. But 120, 120 and you're like, mm-hmm. What do I do? Well, it's kind of like, you know, the difference between Bont and and Clary on the weekend was seven points. And it's like, yeah. oh God, I'm glad I, I locked in Clary. But it's like, well, if I locked in Bont, it still wouldn't have been the end of the world. Like it's yeah. seven points. And again, that's like just as much as the margin is when we're considering a, a, a lock-in captain compared to yeah. like a VC, like, oh, do we take it? Do we not? It's strange psychology Such, of yeah. coaches. <laughs> yep. Yep, definitely. And in terms of this week, um, I'm considering potentially another double down, I guess. Mm. Um, so I can go bang in a week or two bang, as bang. we head into the buys. But uh, let's see what curveballs get sent my way before I before I decide on what trades I'm going to make. Hopefully none. Only one I think at this stage is steel, but 
Let's see. Mm. Let's see. Yep. Let's take a look at the head to head, David. I was lucky enough to extend my lead, but am just glad, I think, first and foremost, to see that we're both scoring above par and continue up the ranks. So it makes it a little bit more exciting, anyway, when we're both mm. ascending the ladder. Um, ascending or going down? I don't know. It kind of makes sense because yeah, it's a weird you one because you're going yeah. up in rank. Yeah, it's that. Sorry, you're going down in rank, but you're going up. Up the ladder to the top yeah. of the mountain. To the top. Yeah, weird. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. It's very, very philosophical. Very, uh, yeah. yeah. Very deep. And... Which chocolate do you like, Damon? Yeah, I, and exactly. <laughs> That's, that is the most philosophical of them all. Next, we'll be answering <laughs> the meaning of life. What is it? Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's firstly where we stand. So uh, just to break it down, so I am eight wins, uh, and you're mm-hmm. just the one for the time being. And the differential is four seventy nine. See, I say for the time being because uh, you can easily trounce me. I'm, I'm not coming back. I'm not getting seven wins. <laughs> Even then, I wouldn't be in front. <laughs> got no oh, hope. Yeah. I've got no hope. Um, but I'm just glad I got that one win. It would have really hurt if I didn't get one. I don't know. What's 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 the uh what's the Lee Matthews theory? A goal a minute? Isn't he's it apparently his theory <laughs> is the opposite. So apparently oh, really? he says, yeah, apparently everyone uses it the wrong way. His oh. theory is apparently like if you've got more goals than minutes, then you can't catch up. Yeah. But everyone does it the other way and they're like, oh, there's more as long as you've got a minute per goal, you'll catch up. And he's like, no, it's like meant to be the other way, apparently, according to him. Oh um, wow. But anyway. There anyway, you go. We are. But yes, there is more rounds. I could I could catch up, but I'm yeah. not banking on it. You just a win a week. That's literally all it is. And you'd be uh how many weeks to go? Uh what 13, 14 or something, thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you'll be 15 wins and I'll be eight. <laughs> you just go on an absolute tear. Absolute tear. Yeah, it could happen. Could happen. Yeah. But Nothing uh <laughs> now let's turn our attention to the juiciest part of our episode as always as we talk all things trades in the price is right show me the money yes for those tuning in for the first time the price is right is the segment where we discuss the potential trades and trade targets uh from round to round and whether we'll also discuss whether a specific player under question should even be traded in or out at all. So let's kick off, Damon, with going, going, gone, and yeah, who's first up on the on the out ranks? I guess. Yes, uh, we got uh, Jacob Hopper. Uh, he's priced at four forty one k, averaging an eighty six point nine with a break even of ninety seven, and he was subbed out with a calf injury on the weekend. And Dimmer has said he'll miss some time. So uh, being vague like that, I think means that he's going to miss a fair bit of time. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's safe to say it's time to move him on. So get him up to a genuine keeper, a primo keeper at that. So uh, there's a few on offer. He's made his bank, nice bank uh, and move him. Um, I was lucky enough to do so to Clary, mm. which I think now at the moment, you'd be able to get Clary cheaper than what I actually got him in at. Um, where I thought I was getting him at, in a bargain compared to, I think you got him in, as he was starting to fall. The week before, yeah. I got um, one of those shit scores. Yeah, gee whiz. But they would have missed out, though, on uh, the nice little 130-plus captaincy scores mm. from uh, from Clary. So that's reason enough to look at someone like him and move on, Hopper. Most certainly. Um, moving on to the next guy on the list, it is Connor McKenna, defender, eligible 296K, averaging 64.1 with a break even of 88. Now, we all thought he's scoring would improve with uh, Rich out of the side and him getting, mm. I guess, a bit more of that opportunity 
off the halfback line, but it's gone the other way with scores of 46 and 35 in his last two matches. He's also dropped 10.7K on the weekend. And his break-even has risen to 88, a score he has only eclipsed once this season. I think he got close with his second, which was like 86 or something, but still not good enough. Uh, I think it's move him on now if you have him. Um, That's what I will be doing this week. Yep, absolutely. He's actually dropped almost... Like Wilmot has gone up in price and he's dropped, so they're they're almost almost uh, on level uh, with each other. So yeah, he is one definitely to move on. Next up, we have LDU, otherwise known as UDL. He'll probably be on the sidelines now drinking UDLs uh, if they're <laughs> his drink of choice, which would be quite strange. But yeah, you know, who knows? Uh, but LDU is priced at four ninety seven point nine k, averaging a one hundred six point one and a break even of one hundred three and. If we said his season was going pear-shaped last week, and I like this from you, Liam, you've written this, I'd hate to know what type of fruit <laughs> it is this week. What would it be? That Again, philosophical. The Turkish delight. Oh, <laughs> It's not even yeah. a fruit. It's, it's... <laughs> I've always wondered, what is, is it, is it like off sugar, Turkish delight? Because it sure tastes like it. It's like an off pear, like ground into like chocolate. It's filthy. But yeah, I reckon, yeah, he'd be the Turkish delight fruit. <laughs> you go out and pick from a tree like that and they package it. Uh, oh. But anyway, LDU, he suffered a hamstring injury in their loss to the power on the weekend and will miss a fair chunk of time. So move him on if you haven't already. And again, counting our blessings, Liam, that we got rid of him the week. Mm. You dealt with a fair more shit than what I did. You dealt with the uh, late, late, late out yeah. in the first week that you had him. And then, of course, he uh, he was the late withdrawal for the team um, after team sheets were just announced. So he's dealt a fair bit of heartache to a lot of people that had him. So move him on. <laughs> yep. Agreed entirely. Now moving on, it is Kay Chandler next. Uh, obviously forward for Melbourne, 500, uh, sorry, 357.6K, 357.6K, averaging 73 with a break even of 105. And now he eked out his lowest score for the season on the weekend and dropped $400. So not, not the end of the world. <laughs> Uh, but his break-even has skyrocketed to 105, higher than any score he has had this season. And admittedly, he has scored a 104, so pretty close. Mm. Uh, but <laughs> we, we we need to sensationalize it. Uh, yeah. Time to cut him from his side, though. He's going to bleed more cash, you'd expect. Um, yeah, just move him yep. on. Move him on, yep. Totally He's agree his job. Done his job indeed. And tip of the cap there, because I reckon he is the cash cow. No one's going to eclipse him. He's the cash cow of the season. Um, he's So how much has he made? Sheasel like, aside. Oh, she's of course, Sheasel. Sheasel it's funny I forget about Sheasel. He's a keeper now. Because he's like a keeper slash primo in his first <laughs> yeah. season. It's so ridiculous. But yeah, Chandler's made us 233, 234 yes. Very nice. um, at, his, at his peak. So what an absolute gun. Uh, moving on to Callum Mills, who we spoke of. Um, he's priced at 471.4K, averaging at 87.3 with a break-even of 164. So was subbed out of the game on a score of just four, as we mentioned. And you'd expect, like Hopper, that Mills uh, is going to miss a fair bit of time. And as we said, it was announced uh, just earlier that he is going to miss four to six weeks with that calf injury. And yeah. he's hemorrhaged cash also, dropping 51K. And that was just this weekend, but you'll have to move him on. Uh, this week. Uh, you can't afford to hold him. Pretty obvious there. Um, but jump up to uh, a nice uh, nice primo. Mm, agreed. You could even go with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Warner. 
Chad Warner, mm. get the chat in. Yeah, uh, his teammate. Might see a little bit of a, an uptick there as well in scoring. Yeah, yeah, a bit of positive correlation coming off the back of that negative uh, sort of uh, yeah, news there with Mills. Mills. Mm. Mm. Bit of a sneaky option there for you. I think it's a, yeah. would be a pretty good pod, I'd say, as well. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on to Owen Davy Jr., mid-forward eligible, 194.4K, averaging 42.3 with a break-even of 73. Now, he started as the sub on the weekend, and that has not just halted his cash chin, but seen him drop some too. He's dropped 17.6K just on the weekend alone. His break-even is 73, and I can't see his scoring improving especially given now he is being considered as a sub-candidate from week to week. I mean, I assume this week being um, dream time at the G, he'll get, he'll start um, the game. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think his scoring is there. Looks a bit tired. Uh, you could hold him as cover um, or potentially as a non-playing player loophole option. Um, if he does go back to the VFL is he won't net you much cash right now. Um from a downgrade, like if you downgrade to Drury, you're getting what, 100 and, sorry, you're getting 90 mm-hmm. odd K. Um, but he does have that handy DPP status. So you could potentially just use him as a season long sort of bench option. Um, you get a score when he plays, um, but you don't really care about his cash gen, I guess. Yep. No, totally agree there. And uh, interesting fact as well, uh, seeing as I was throwing facts out here, I'm pretty sure he, uh, it was dating Taylor Swift. Oh, sorry, that was Joe Joe Alwyn. Sorry, apologies about that. Uh, just a bit of an in-joke there. <laughs> For those people listening and tuning in, we had this discussion around yeah. the dinner table. Was both, then. both of like my wife, your fiance, big Taylor <laughs> Swift fans talking about this Joe Alwyn. And we're like, who is this Alwyn bloke? We're like, doesn't he play for Essendon? And he's a junior. <laughs> they're like, what? Anyway, uh, let's move on from that. I just thought I was trying to catch you out as you were drinking a glass of water. Yeah, you waiting for you to spit it everywhere. I'm always choked, I have to admit. Oh, uh, no, that's not good. Uh, let's move on uh, to the next category on the chopping block. And it is Will Ashcroft as a midfielder, mm. priced at 384.3K, averaging a 77.8 with a break even of 85. Came back with a vengeance uh, after a poor score a fortnight ago, of course, for those of us also who traded him out, like myself. His score of 97 on the weekend saw him increase in cash, believe it or not, when a lot of people thought he was going to drop, uh, and mm. fair enough. He finds himself on this part of the list as he's probably hit his max price with a projected score of 77. His break-evens will be 85, 43, and 74 in the next four weeks remembering that he has his buy in round 12. So based on that, you could cut him loose to upgrade to a genuine primo or you could hold until he's buy. So hence the reason why he's on the chopping block hasn't yet got the chop. I don't know. He's good cash, Jen. There's a lot mm. of cash sitting there. I think if you can upgrade him, I'd definitely do that. Yeah. Um, but if you don't need to, if you're going to sit on your trades, um, he's one I'd hold for the time being. He's not really pumping out shit scores. Yeah. Um, I think he'll be serviceable enough for the next few weeks. Yep. Uh, moving on to the next bloke on the list, and it is Oscar Baker, mid-eligible for the Dogs, 291.1K, averaging 58.8 with a break-even of 58. And he is another who has been very serviceable, though his break-even and average have converged, so it is time to let him go. Uh, less of an issue, I guess, than a Chandler or a McKenna, so you could look to hold him um, in the next few weeks to cover for the buys. He is the round... I don't know what round it is, just the last one. Here's the last buy. Um, so he'd be handy to cover you right through the buys and then upgrade him uh, in that last week. Um, 
I don't think he, he, you'd probably wouldn't see massive drops in cash unless he has really poor scores, but yeah, one to, one to consider one to, again, he's not the biggest issue you've got. I think a McKenna or a Chandler are your bigger issues this week. Yeah, exactly right. Just play the, uh, play the break even game at the moment. Yeah. Um, and maximize the amount of dollary dues you can get from yes. these cash cows. Nine hundred dollary dues. Uh, let's move on to the next category, and it is, of course, the juicy one. Get them in. And first up, we have Tom Stewart, obviously a defender, priced at six hundred one point five k, averaging a one hundred seven point five with a break even of one twenty nine. And we only really need to cast our minds back to last season when he scored one eighty seven against his next upcoming opponent in Frio to be reminded immediately of his scoring capacity. And with a lower score of 92 this season, discounting, of course, his injury game in round one, you can choose him with confidence knowing he'll be one of your highest scoring players week in and week out, which is what I love uh, in terms of having him in my team. Mm. He's averaging a 120.2 also when we disregard that injury game make him the third highest averaging defender in the game. So make sure you prioritize him when upgrading your defense uh, because behind Dawson and Dacos, who everyone has, he is someone that needs to be brought in uh, en masse and very quickly uh, if you can as well, because of that, that's uh, that high floor, like the 92 being a lower score. Incredible. Like that's, that's that there is gold from week to week in your head to head mm. leagues. Uh, if you're going for, you know, cash leagues or even just, you know, bragging rights against your mates. Like that's, that's awesome. It'll help you win games from week to week, uh, but overall as well. Yep. Agreed entirely. Moving on to the next guy on the list. It is Zach Merritt, mid eligible 564.1K averaging 103.9 with a break even over 120. And Merritt is coming in at an absolute bargain price here, but you couldn't even see him drop even a little bit more considering his break even is 120. As we've spoken about in past seasons, I feel like, and probably even earlier this season, Merritt does tend to increase his scoring average as the season goes on. I know it sounds a bit silly, but um, we tend to see it's a slow start and then comes home with an absolute wet sail. And I'll touch on some of the numbers a little bit later. But we do need to consider his run in the next few rounds. He has Richmond this week, who average who he averages 104.5 against. West Coast, who he averages 109.1 against. North, who he averages 101.1 against. Carlton, who he averages 92.2 against. And that's, I think, the bye. Then he has the bye. Then post-bye, he faces Frio, who he averages 109.8 against. And then Port, who he averages 108.1 against. He also then faces West Coast and North again on the home run home. So pretty good run for him. Uh, So I guess that's why I'm kind of considering, that's why he's on this list. Based mm. off that run, even though yeah. his break even of 120 is below his average. <clears throat> um, and then if we look at his averaging in seasons gone by, 2021, he increased his average uh, from his pre-buy average to his post-buy average by 10 points. And in 2022, he did the same thing, but by eight points. Um, so this season, again, is following a pretty similar trajectory. Um, yeah. His pre-season, sorry, his pre-buy scores are averaging pretty similar. So you'd expect that he uh, he ups that and has a pretty favorable matchup to come along afterwards um, as well. The only concern that I really do have with him, um, but it could also mean that there's some upside, is that his CBAs have really dropped off in recent weeks uh, with 38% in round seven for some reason, 72% in round eight and 62% in round nine. The upside here though is that if he does increase his CBAs, the scoring will come naturally. He's not scoring terribly. Obviously, he's not going... 
Um, he's going sub 100, which isn't great when he's got those lower CBA numbers. Um, but um, when we do say that he has 70 plus CPA, CBAs, he's, you know, the correlation is there. His scoring goes up. And I expect that he, with, with Parrish out, he'll be getting more and more CBAs as the season goes on. Interesting. Uh, I'm just looking at his CBA breakdown and it's kind of coincided with that absolute pest they call the package. Um, so he he's uh, he's had an uptick in CBAs largely um, when Merritt returned from suspension. Mm. Um, Stringer had 80% and then Merritt had 38. But yeah, super strange as well with, with Parrish not being there. I thought he of all people would have had the most CBAs, but then they gave 71% strangely to Caldwell in the previous week, he had 3%. So yeah, it's all over I don't the place. Know I actually don't know what they're doing. What the go is there, but yeah, surely, surely he's going to get an increased uh, number of CBAs without Paris there. But as you say, the fixture, he's probably got one of the best fixtures out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then without Paris there as well, means there's more, uh, more points to go around, more slices of, uh, of pie to, to go around. He can just gorge himself on. Hopefully, yeah. I hope he likes pie because he's going to be having a fair bit of it. Um, yeah, and I'm well, looking, I mean, yeah, keep in mind that his last four weeks he's played Melbourne, so he's played all top eight teams. Mm. Uh, Melbourne scored 134, Geelong scored 91, Port Adelaide scored 106, and Brisbane scored 95. So, not bad, like, it's not like it's really poor scores, um, considering the opponent as well. So, should see a nice uptick in scoring in the next few weeks, I'd expect. No, I like it. He should be in most people's team. I think by the end of the bias, I reckon he might be one of the more mm. owned um, midfielders and for good reason. Likewise, this next guy as well. Yes. Um, and he's a guy that uh, is close to my heart for yeah. obvious reasons because I am obsessed with him. Um, and he already probably knows that. Um, it is Sammy Walsh, of course, as a midfielder at the moment. Could be a midfielder slash forward uh, in a couple of weeks' time. But okay. he's priced at 610.4K, averaging a 114.8 with a break-even of 125. So Walshy has been a picture of consistency thus far in 2023. But what appeals most is, as I said, the prospect that he may be given forward DPP status if he can maintain a high enough percentage of gain time up forward. If he were to be gifted that eligibility, he would immediately catapult himself to the number one forward spot on overall average and be a must-have. Like I think it'd be a couple of point something points in terms of average above Taranto, um, who's the highest averaging yeah. at the moment. Yeah. But the only downside is, I mean, to getting him now is he has the dreaded round fifteen buy, which mm. most of us will find most troubling in fielding a best eighteen. Uh, mind you, I didn't even factor that in. It's just well, she I just get him in. Um, so now I have to deal with <laughs> the fallout. But I mean, you can probably afford to wait in terms of that anyway. I mean, his break-even is 125. Even if he does eclipse that, he's not going to go up too much in price. Um, but uh, yeah, he's only got 7% ownership as well. So he does come as a bit of a pot at the moment, but it's only a matter of time, I think, before that increases. And as I said, especially if he gets that forward eligibility. Um, and for me, it, it's going to be interesting because I had him penciled in to be a keeper in the midfield and it opens up an extra spot for me uh, to think about... Um, yeah, it's a good thing to think about because obviously the most scoring is done in the midfield. So it's going to be a nice little uh, issue, I guess, if you can call it that to have. Mm, agreed. Um, let's move on to the next guy. And it is playing very close to my heart. Yeah. Oh, Goulden. 
Mid-forward, 559.4K, averaging 108.3 with a break-even of 7. I feel weird not having spoken about him until this stage of the, the podcast. Uh, if you don't already have Errol, though, number one, what are you doing? Mm. Number two, get him in. Seriously. He's yeah. currently the fourth best scoring forward and the ninth best scoring mid. So he's certainly looking like a keeper. I just don't know why people traded him out. I just, yeah, oh, it hurts me. Hurts me. They're not, listen, they're not uh, listening to us, Liam. That's that's the that's the issue. No, if that was your biggest issue, if if Gordon was your biggest issue back then, I don't know. Your team must be absolutely flying. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, the positive though has been that in his last two games, he's been able to put together one fifty-six points, uh, and in two very different ways: one game with CBAs and one with absolutely no CBAs, zero percent CBAs. Uh, which shows that he's able to create an impact in scoring, especially in those different roles. With Mills set to miss at least a few weeks, you'd expect. I mean, I think you said, how many did you say before it was, Damon? Uh, four to six. Four to six, yeah. So decent decent chunk. Uh, you're going to expect that he's going to have a nice uptick in scoring. I mean, we saw what he did in the preseason without Mills in the side. Um, could be more Alden scoring mm. coming up. It's going to be an absolute ripper for those of us that own him. Get him in. <laughs> that should Get be everyone. What are you doing? Get him in. Get him in. If you don't have him, like now's the time. Like you should have had him at the start of the season, but like now is probably more than ever uh, because of that opportunity. Yeah. Mind you that, that it was funny as well because Mills's CBAs were starting to go up again. He was starting to get midtime. Um, so now it's not going to eat into Golden's, um, I guess, scoring output as it may yeah. have, may have. Yeah, interesting. But um, another guy that's had a bit of an uptick in CBAs is Zach Butters. Uh, he is a mid forward. He's priced at 564.1K, averaging a 104 with a break even of 57. And yes, that uh, uptick in scoring by Butters has coincided with the uptick in CBAs with those games above 60% CBAs, producing scores of 89, 146, 94, 96, 125, and 139. So a bit of a correlation there, no doubt. And once again, looks like a reliable option as as much, uh, I guess, as he was back in the back part of mm. 2022 when he was shifted out of the forward line finally and gifted a few more CBAs and ripped away from the wing. So, yeah, he's someone to, to think about. But again, in the back of my mind, I traded him out at the almost the exact moment when he started getting CBAs and went on the absolute tear towards the back end of the season. So he's not quite in my burn book, but he's close enough he's close enough the melted butter <laughs> he yeah i don't know it's he's one of those players you just like go nah i don't want him yeah i don't know why there's no yeah the way he know. plays yeah i think that's it i think watching him last week i was just like you just aren't built for like you just you're not the you can't throw yourself in the contest like that. You're not a, I don't know, not like a Crips or a, yeah. or a Wines or a, you know, big bodied kind of mid that looks like they can do that. I don't know. Scary, scary. Yeah. But he is also the fifth fifth highest averaging mid or the fifth highest scoring mid. Mm. Um. So, yeah, there's that going for him as well in his current position. So him and Gordon, good, good little tag team there. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next guy on the list, it is Bailey Humphrey, mid-forward eligible, 213.4K, averaging 49.7 with a break-even of minus 59. And you've got to be a bit careful not to chase yesterday's points with Humphrey as he did score that 117 on the weekend. 
uh, but we do have to consider him as with just a projected score of just 52, he will make over 80K in the next two weeks. But it's juicy. Juicy, but yeah, I don't know. He's also be, he'll also yeah, he'll also be a handy buy cover uh, with the very friendly round 13 buy, making him useful for covering the most difficult remaining buy weeks in round 14 and in round 15. Does come in at a higher price point though. And it's not an absolute must, uh, but with rookies and reliable rookies at that, hard to find, he does present as a very solid option, but you're going to have to pay up. Further to that point, the big downside is like Atkins last week, the higher price point does mean you're likely not going to be netting much or any cash in the trade, meaning virtually sidewaysing, sideways trading to a potential cash gal. No, it's it's true. It's it's hard, isn't it? Because it's I mean, you can kind of compare it in a sense to set a field potentially. Like yeah. there's a few of us that paid up to get him into our sides, and it was jumping from one cash cow to another. And similar thing, I guess, with Samson Ryan in like yeah. our case, and a few other people would have done the same thing as well. Um, where I think I can't recall who I traded to Samson Ryan. Oh, I think it was Chessa. It might have been Chessa, maybe. Where I had to, I, I would have had to have paid an extra twenty k on top of the one thirty odd that Chester is to get Samson Ryan in my team. Um, but again, it's worked out because Samson Ryan's making an absolute bulk of cash. Um, yeah, and this is a similar sort of thing. You just ride the cash wave, but again, it means that you're going to have to one. virtually. You're not wasting a trade, but you're you're burning a trade in a sense because you're not getting any return from that trade in terms of yeah. the cash and the difference that you you, you normally get, but. I think it really comes down to who you're trading him from. Mm. Like if you go Chandler to him, you're making what? 200, sorry, 115K, I think. 100, on 130K. I don't know, I can't math. It's 140K. Yeah. Similar thing as well, like Wilmot yeah. uh, is around about close to 70K. Um, so there are a few guys that are the higher price point. Um, Ashcroft, obviously. Um, yeah, so it's not the end of the world, I think. Yeah. Is not a. I think a lot of people are jumping on him like he's a must-have, and mm. I don't think it's that stage for everyone. And I worry that yeah. it's a little bit of like, oh, he scored 117, like, wow. But I mean, I just quickly going to get up his scores. I'm also doing and that. I mean, as we well. have it's... to admit that he has been the sub in some of those games off memory. Yeah, and he's also um, well. The, a lot of people, not a lot of, but some people went for Atkins last week he was at a similar price point as well so yeah. i don't yeah. think if you've gone down that route i don't think you can afford to use another trade on yeah, someone in the same position or price point it means you're using two trades you're not getting any monetary return if for example you were you're using cash to upgrade to atkins and then yeah having to use cash to upgrade to humphrey you're not getting an like you're getting return longer term but you're not getting that instant return that we like to see when you're doing a bit of a, a downgrade or cashing in a cash cow for another cash cow. Yeah. Yeah. Fair call. And I mean, looking at his scores, so St. Kilda 39, Fremantle 38, North 43, Richmond, you scored negative three, uh, Melbourne 64, and then West coast on the weekend, 117. So, I mean, yeah, it's hard. Like it's hard. I mean, looking at his, again, looking at his projected score of 52, if he scores 52 on the weekend, he'll go up 50K, 50.6K. Uh, his break even will then be minus 59. 
sorry, his break even will then be minus 19. Uh, he'll then go up with a score of 52 on the week in round 11. He'll go up 32.1K. His break even will then be 65. And in round 12, he's going to project in with a score of 52 to go down 5.7K. And 52 is his, would be his third highest score from okay. five, six games. Interesting. So, yeah. Like it's 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 just it's a tough that, one. Is it that big breakout game, isn't it? It's like yeah, that really is it sustainable. Numbers. Yeah, yeah. skews the numbers, skews the break even, skews everything. Like it's it's not reflective of what he's going to produce um, longer yeah. term. Given that he's already scored, as you said, like those, you know, there's a sub affected scores, but then also like the other smaller scores as well. Um, interesting as well. Just looking at his CBAs, he's actually he's received a few CBAs. Uh, on the weekend, he had 19% CBAs. Uh, the week before that, zero. Then the week before that, again, three weeks ago, was 10%. And then in his first game, he had 17%. So it looks as though he's been thrown around um, like he was much in his uh, under-18 champs um, positioning-wise. But, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, I can see merit in it. But like you mentioned from the top, it probably comes down to where your team's at because in my yeah. case, for example... I've already got 19 keepers and I'm down to 15 trades. I think it is at the moment. So I can't really afford to burn a trade to get in a higher priced rookie to generate the cash. I've already got higher priced rookies who I need to downgrade to someone like a, a sharp, for example, who we're going to touch on uh, in a moment uh, because that's going to net me, you know, the most cash that most cash return. Um, yeah. But if you've got bulk trades, I could potentially see reason for it. Um, and if you, if you've had trouble generating cash, um, go for it. But yeah, it comes down to your individual team. I think, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just looking at his stats last week versus this week. He had 15 disposals last week. He had 20 this week. Uh, he took four extra marks this week. He, laid the same number of tackles. He got no free kicks this week. He got three last week and he kicked one goal one this week and didn't score last week. And he's always doubled his score from 64 to 117. So uh, it's just hard. I don't know. I don't know. Now talk myself out of it. I think I was considering him because I didn't feel like I was too concerned about it, but now I'm wondering whether it is better to look elsewhere. Um, yeah, but before we move on, uh, it should also go without saying, and we're not going to touch on it too much, Clary, get him in. If oh, you haven't yeah. got him, he's, right, he's 660.1K, 660.1K, yes, and he's a break-even of 121. You're not going to get him much cheaper. I feel like we keep saying that. Yeah. So you might get him a little bit cheaper, but, I mean, his <laughs> break-even is, yeah, 121. Uh, he's only scored below that three times this season, uh, four times this season. One, two, three, yeah, four times. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh that 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 sort of score anyway is kind of like as they say, uh for those people that play FIFA, um, the old old FIFA they used to say in the commentary, it's meat and drink, uh bread and butter virtually. It's like he, he can do that with his eyes closed. So on yeah. any given week. Um but it's more so the fact that he, he punches out those captaincy worthy scores that we spoke of um, that we benefited from on the weekend. If we didn't have him, for example, we still would have potentially had bond, but um, 
yeah, like there's, it just opens up your options in terms of captaincy wise, uh, more so than anything. And apart from that the being fact said, that you get to gorge on his, uh, on his high and extract the, uh, the juice. That being said, Supercoach Plus or Gold or whatever it's called, yeah, uh, has him projected to, I mean, bottom out in round twelve at six hundred twenty-eight point four k, when he drops what? after playing Port Adelaide, because he's only projected for a score of one hundred three, which is his break even go up to one forty-nine, then scores one sixteen against Freo, to then yeah be at six twenty-eight point four k against the against your mob Carlton and then his bottom his absolute basement price for the year is coming in round 21 against North at 621k I don't know I don't trust any of those projections but in fairness I will say we'll touch on a bit later Port Adelaide is not a great team for him uh average wise so yeah that's true but, but I do I'm not I do too cuss- concerned by that no nah, not at all I still remember like a lot of people in the preseason saying which I was, I must admit, I was a little bit worried about as well, but him getting tagged in the early rounds of the season and he came out and smoked it with the like 130, 135, 156, 121, yeah. went on the absolute tear. So it's Clary. He's immune to, he's, he's like Superman. He's, uh, you know, what's his kryptonite? Nothing. No, get that pig juice in you. Yeah, exactly. Uh... I, like how, I like how you just glossed over the fact that I said it as a bit, bit quickly, I was like, also, the benefit apart from captaincy scores is you can uh, you can suckle on the hiney and extract the pig juice. Yeah, as uh, Jonas uh, Goat mentions on YouTube all the time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Refer- he's actually referenced the uh, the episode from The Simpsons where they're milking the rats and they're giving like <laughs> they're giving the, the milking cartons to uh, the kids of Springfield. Milk. Yeah, milk. <laughs> <laughs> and then Homer goes there and Lisa's got like the milk moustache and she's like trying to kiss him and he's like Ugh! slaps like the carton out of Bart's hand can I still drink it? go nuts alright <laughs> guzzling down on, on rat milk so this is this is pig juice uh, that we're talking about here okay Clary but anyway let's move on to On the Bubble yes. of course the rookies and first up we have Harry Sharp who we mentioned uh, just before, as a midfielder, priced at 123.9K, averaging a 54 with a break-even of negative 30, 37. So has scored 40 and 68 and looks to be playing more across the wing in a semi-favorable role, I must say. Could be the one with the most job security of the bubble boys that we'll mention. But again, this isn't really clear cut because we're still waiting for Daniel Rich to return to the team. I think he's virtually the only one out of the best 22 for, for Brisbane that is yet to return. So ideally it, it would be awesome to see him keep his spot on the team sheets on this Thursday. We're just, we're going to put it out there into the universe, manifest this, that Rich is named in the team alongside, not alongside physically, but uh, but in the same team as Harry Sharp to, you know, give us that, that more well-rounded confidence mm. in his job security going forward. Um, but I think it may be a case of rolling the dice here. If not, but also, I must say, he comes with a bonus that he does play in that dreaded round 15 to help with that uh, dreaded bye week. So it comes with a little bit of a bonus there and is someone that I'm looking very strongly at. And again, at that lower price point, 123.9 compared to Humphrey. If I was going to go Wilmot down to Sharp, it's going to net me uh, right about a, what 160 odd compared to Humphrey, which will only net me, what was it, 60 or thereabouts. So um 
Moving on to the next rookie on the list, and it is Tom Thomas Berry, forward eligible, 123.9K, averaging 52.5 with a break-even of a minus 34. And he has been camped in the forward line, and his scores reflected that with a 57 and a 48 on the weekend. He has some very shaky job security and could find himself out of the side as soon as this weekend. So watch for team sheets. Uh, with both Ainsworth and Holman set to return to the side. So, yeah, doesn't have great job security um, and not the worst scoring potential, I guess, with the way he's going. But, yeah, the role isn't isn't great for, for, for really strong scoring. Yeah, agreed there. He's probably the, the uh, least secure, the most yeah. shakiest of the lot in terms of job security. Uh, and then to round us out, we have Blake at Drury. Uh, Drury Judy, as a lot of people are referring to him as affectionately. Uh, he is a mid forward. He's priced at uh, bottom price, juicy, 102.4K, averaging a 34 with a break-even of negative 10. And scored well enough on debut with a score of 51, but only managed a 17 in his second game, even despite playing an extra 20 extra minutes um, game time, which was interesting as well. But his spot may be saved by the fact that the Roo sustained a whole host of injuries to the likes of LDU, uh, Josh Marnie, um, Tucker and Perez in the senior side. And then I think I heard as well, Gota, uh, even though he's playing at the other end of the field, sustained an MCL injury or thereabouts. Um, so yeah, they've, they've copped a fair few injuries. So it may help him secure his spot long-term across the buys. But in terms of buys, he has a buy in round 15, which we don't like. So only really adds to the issues that we faced that round mm. in terms of missing players to deal with already. Oh, I just want some more bargain basement prices. Yeah. Come on, come on, Drury. Score another 51 for us. Yeah. Just anyway. just on just just on that as well. Like I was thinking of potentially just in my own situation. I mean, he is his break even isn't isn't the best. And he's at that lower price point. He's gonna go up in price, no doubt. But could you potentially wait a week if you want to go for someone like a Harry Sharp? Um, and use this coming yeah. week as a bit of a bit of a tester. Test um, run. Let him let him have another extra week. Yeah, it'll cost you obviously, but I mean you're paying for that extra bit of knowledge of security longer term. Mm. But, something to think about. Yeah, something to think about for sure. Uh, let's move on to some left field options, and we've got Campbell Chesser, mid forward eligible. Sorry, mid defender eligible. One thirty two point one k. Averaging 29.7 with a break-even of six. And he has largely been a forgotten man after the popular starting cash cow pick injured his knee and has been on the sideline since round three. He did return to the Waffle on the weekend uh, for 16 disposals. Uh, didn't do too much in terms of super coach scores due to limited game time and opportunity uh, while he was in the side. But the, with the Eagles 20, starting 22 ravaged by injury, since he last played, I think they've not even got 22 players on the field anymore. <laughs> I think it's like five. and. Yeah. They're just recruiting old Witches hats. players to come back. Um, <laughs> he could have some of the most secure job security out there with not great job scoring potential, but I'll take it. I'll take it off my bench. Who cares? <laughs> and I've held him this whole time. <laughs> oh, really? Here we go. He's been very serviceable. Uh, as as my loophole option, uh, but he has greater opportunity in terms of roll and score coming. So could be one that if you did jump off, you could jump back on uh, only 132.1K if he does get named. Yep. I did actually have it in mind when I got rid of him at the time. I was like, oh, it might actually work well later in the season where, you know, we're having less reliable rookies. He did obviously start 
the year. Um, so there is, you know, and he came with big raps, obviously, when he was drafted, was injured for all of last year. And I think, yeah, I, I, if he gets named, I think I'm going to take a punt on him. Oh, he's probably alongside Sharp as like in terms of guys that, that I'm looking at most in terms of cash cows. But yeah, we'll see how we go. Uh, let's round this out with uh, Mitch Nevitt. Uh, and strange again that we're discussing him. Higher price point as a midfielder, priced at 207.8K, averaging a 50.8 with a break-even of negative 25. So we wouldn't normally touch on a cash cow that has surpassed the 200K mark as an option to bring in, but with the likes of Humphrey being considered at a slightly higher price point, it's worth discussing Nevitt as some would no doubt consider him. Has scored 46, 72 and 71 after punching out a sub-affected 14 on debut and looks to be at home in the Cats lineup, playing prominently as a winger. And Scott has heaped praise on the youngster and looks to be, uh, he looks to be in the mold of a Blitzars standing, which I had no idea until I was uh, was watching, especially on the weekend, at uh, 193 centimetres with an aerobic capacity to play through the middle and various roles around the ground. So he's like a Blitzars, he's like a Cripper. Um, good mark as well. I mean, considering his size, uh, it checks out, but has already gone up 67 K in price with the potential to surpass at least 120 if he can keep his spot and average, but with Stengel, Rowan, Danger, Bose, Close, Guthrie, DeConning, all to return over the coming weeks, it would seem he would be an unfortunate omission at this stage. So given this, I think it isn't worth the risk at all um, for those people that are considering him. He could surprise may stay in the side because he has looked actually pretty good. But I think with that pedigree of players returning, someone has to make way. And unfortunately, I think it's going to be him. You've got the biggest, like, I don't know, cross against his name. And that is the fact that his coach is Chris Scott. Oh, and of course. Like, I don't care how much praise he heaps on that. <laughs> um, it's I all mean, false. It means nothing. Yeah. It means he's, absolutely nothing. He's doing it to, to do us over because, you know, he is the, the coach who shall not be named. The original. Yes, the OG. The original. The OG. The OG. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move on to the weight options. And these are all we've got here are rookies on the horizon. And we have Jai Clark. Did obviously play as the sub, so not a great score on the weekend. Uh, Kane Baldwin. Cameron Fleeton. Phoenix Spicer. James O'Donnell. And George Wardlaw due to the ruse injuries. Just keep in mind that they could be up for some options um, going forward. Yep. And just on that point as well, like in terms of high priced options, Wardlaw is one of those. He's 193.8K. So again, think about that when you're considering someone like Humphreys, um, because again, you may have to pay pay that high price point. But anyway, Liam, it is time for me to take the helm. Whack on the yes. hat for one of the rare moments and toot the horn because it is I'm the captain. No. Look at me. I'm the captain. No. <laughs> yeah, sorry, the horn wasn't working as I was saying. Yeah, it. No, the horn was just saying what it was. <laughs> well that's that's the upgrade I've made to my uh to my horn. You know how you can you can get cars yeah, nowadays yeah, like yeah, those... the Teslas. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can customize it like you know a phone ringtone, and you can you can change to like that song "Move, Bitch, Get Out the Way, Get Out." I've seen that's quite funny actually. So when I buy a Tesla, uh, even if I don't have a Tesla, I can just attach it to my Mazda, put a boombox on there, press play, yeah, wh- and then seriously, what do you need? 
Just yeah, doing exactly. those police siren things, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Or like the um like you know, the PA system things just to get to stop your car. Yeah. <laughs> hey you down in front. Like, <laughs> like Homer when he's in the uh in the cinema post-apocalyptic and it's like the skull, the skeleton. Hey, buddy, down in front. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Uh, anyway, this is on the Captain Now, if you hadn't noticed already, uh, aside from us going off on a tangent yet again. But in I'm the Captain Now, we chat about what VC and C options you've got for the upcoming round of Supercoach. As always, we've scrounged through the data and found the best options for you to consider. And Liam, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll hand the baton over to you whilst I probably put on my captain's hat. Yeah, it's very uh, jaunty there. Yeah, it's it like a bit... got it on quite a quite Ooh, a Actually, it's pretty good. This is anyway, the way let's my, kick off with my some... head's, my head's shaped. <laughs> let's kick off with some vice captaincy <laughs> options. And we've got Port Adelaide up against Melbourne on Friday night at 7.50 p.m. at Adelaide Oval to kick off Sir Douglas Nichols round. Uh, and it is Max Gorn. Has an average of 100.25 in his last four games against the Power with scores of 160, 52, 102, and 87. But... Port give away the most points to Rucks in the last five weeks. So, yeah, could be looking good for those owners of Maxi gone. Mm, juicy match up there. Um, and we also have Clary Oliver. Has an average of 90.5 in his last four games against the Power with scores of 68, 118, 105, and 71. But has his second worst average against the Power with 96.3 from seven outings and a high score of 118. So interesting. I don't know who they would have to to tag him. Yeah, it's just weird. It's a weird... I mean, Drew would have been a tagger. Yeah, that's true. Drew, yep. But you just... True, Drew. It's weird that he has such a poor average against them. So yeah, one, one to consider. One to consider. Moving on to North Melbourne up against Sydney uh, on Saturday at 145 at Marvel Stadium. And we have one Errol Goulden. He has an average of 67.66 in his three games against the Roos with scores of 106, 52, and 45. But he comes into this game with his two most recent scores of 156 times two. North give away the fourth most points to wingers. Goulden's been playing on both the wing and at the CBA. So at the CB, the center bounce. So either way, could get a good chance to score well. That's it. That's the words I'd. I'm struggling. <laughs> Shoveling coal. That's what he does. So yeah, it could be a bit of a probably a more left wing VC option there. Um could be a little bit of a pot. I don't think many people will go for a, a golden for a VC. Let's move on to the next game, and it is the Western Bulldogs against the Crows on Saturday at 2 10 p.m. at Mars Stadium. First up, we have Tim English, who has an average of 101.67 in his last three games against the Crows with scores of 111, a 90, and 104. And Adelaide give away the fifth least points to Ruck. So maybe in for a bit of a dirty day, potentially back to back after he uh, he struggled last week. Did he, did he play? Did he play last week? Oh, Carlton. Yeah, yeah, of course. I've already forgotten about it. Um, he had not many like, hit outs. Pitney had, or Pitnet, I don't know. Or he's, yeah. don't know what he is. Uh, yeah. He had more hit outs to advantage than Tim English. Yeah, that's true. Which was interesting. I've seen that. Yeah, strange. Uh, moving on, same game, obviously. Marcus Bontempelli. He has an average of 128.5 in his last four against the Crows with scores of 88, 87, 199, and 140. 
Uh, and Adelaide give away the fourth least points to inside mids, though. So I don't know. It's all over the place. It is at Mars Stadium. That 140 against the Crows came at Mars Stadium. Just that's a bit of a FYI. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, yeah. Like what they're kind of like both different ends of the spectrum. It's like one's buddy an insane score. The other yeah. one's like, yeah, that's a shit score. That's that's like, like one ninety nine Dawson and produced the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, and eighty eight and eighty seven. What do you Yeah, mixed. Very much yep. a mixed bag. Oh, well, it's eating uh, a Turkish delight and then eating a crunchy. But does it get rid of the uh the shit Turkish yeah. delight taste out of your mouth? Ah. Does it? That's the question. Yeah, you have to have another flake. But flakes aren't in there anymore. Oh my god. Anyway, uh let's uh, let's move on to Jordan Dawson before I think about that anymore and start crying. Um has an average of 79.25 in his last four games, does Jordan Dawson against the Dogs with scores of 81, 141, 54, and 41. Again, bit of a mixed bag there, but we all know he is capable of some massive scores. And the Dogs give away the least points to attacking defenders and the third least points to inside mids, which uh, also hurts this next guy as well, Liam. But I don't mm. like the sound of that for Dawson. This game does not sound good at all for anyone. Yeah, exactly. Just there is no the scoring happening. Everyone's going to screen up on zero. Um, yeah. Or it's going to be like one of those things where everyone, it's bad for everyone, so it just evens out, so the scores are all oh, good. True. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, Rory Laird. Uh, he has an average of 101.5 in his last four against the Dogs with scores of 123, 102, 77, and 104. So nothing really to write home about there either. And as we said, third least points to inside mids. And coming off a bit of a, a resting as the sub because of that knock. So, I don't know. Mm. Not liking this game. No, exactly. And I, I just wish, I almost wish, I mean, the buys are only a, a few weeks away, a couple of weeks away, thereabouts. But Rory Laird, he's been rested in game. He's been subbed. Mm. Um, just there was that. that game that we all thought he was subbed and he wasn't subbed. Like, he needs a, he needs a rest. Like, we need the Rory Laird of old. Like, it's annoying. Yes. Yeah, anyway, maybe, maybe this is the game. Maybe this is the game where he has a massive breakout and goes back to being a bloody 130, 140 plus. That would be nice. Mm. Uh, but let's move on to the next game. It is Frio up against the Cats on Saturday at 4.35 p.m. at Optus Stadium. And first up, we have Caleb Sarong. Has an average of 85.3 in his last three games against the Cats with scores of 79, 59, and 118, but has been capable of some big scores this season. And they have been 120, 130, and 146 times two. But the Cats give away the least points to inside mids. So it's going to be tougher, a tougher task for him to um, to replicate those big scores, um, especially now as well that Brayshaw um, has sort of come back into form a little bit, not so much on the weekend again, but um, apparently over his little niggles that he had um, that uh, Justin... Longmuir was talking about, but who knows? He's an option. Uh, it's, I don't know. This whole round is not sounding good. Like, I feel like we have not said this. Like, this team gives away a lot of points. That's true. Except for Max Gorn. Um, anyway, in that same game, uh, Tom Stewart, he has an average of 117.5 in his last four against the uh, Dockers with scores of 187, 102, 89, and 92. Again, other than that one big score, the others are just not great. Mm. Uh, and Frio give away the least points to des designated kick in takers. So this avenue of scoring may dry up for Tom Stewart. 
You're totally right. There's no correlation at all with any of these teams and the players. We literally have to like rely on their form line, recent form to get us through. Mm. This is not this is not fun. No, this is not fun at all. This is going to be a little bit of a hard one. Um, so next up, let's move into anyway, the uh, I guess what we can term the captaincy options for these later games. Um, I mean, you can consider going for a VC and a C amongst those that we already mentioned, but uh, we have next up in this game, Essendon v Tigs on Saturday at 7.40 p.m. at the MCG. First up, we have Zach Merritt, averages a 133 in his last four games against the Tigs with scores of 150, 102, 137, and 143. Now, that's what we're talking about, Lamb. Yes, we like it. We like that. That's uh, that's good. I like it, like it. Yes, and uh, on the other side of that match, we've got Tim Taranto. Now, Essendon give away the third most points to inside mids. As I, as I can attest to. However, probably not the most reliable despite his solid form in recent weeks with only two of his previous six big scores, captaincy-worthy scores of 120-plus. So, yeah, unless you really want to, I don't know, throw a Hail Mary. Um, yep. I don't know if it's a good option with Timmy Taranto. Mm. Yep. That's interesting. That's the uh, opposite to what we've been saying. It's like there's that correlation there with the matchup, favorable matchup. Yes, his form's been good, but hasn't been quite good enough. He'd definitely be a captaincy option in AFL fantasy. I'm looking at that for my team. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the next game. It is Carlton v Collingwood on Sunday at 3 20 p.m. at the MCG. And I am dreading this game as a Carlton man because we're going to get absolutely smashed. But hopefully, this man comes out and scores well. It is my boy, Sammy Walsh. He averages a 133.5 in his last four games against the Pies with scores of 123. A 193, 105, and 113. So a bit of a favorable matchup, at least for those two more recent scores against Zipaz. And Collingwood actually give away a positive number of points to inside mids. Yeah. So hopefully that works in his favor. I like it. Yep. Not much, but just a little bit. I'm taking us to the bank. Uh, <laughs> on the other side of the field, though, we have Nicky Dacos. He has averaged 70 in his two games against the Blues with scores of 59 and 81. But we all know what he can do. And Carlton give away the second most points to attacking defenders. So he could be in for a big one. Mm, or will he be tagged? Or will he be tagged? Please, no. But do it, please, because he should be tagged. But Yep. Not Ed for Kuna, me. Starter as a sub could be a starter. Uh, if he's if he is named in the starting team, that to me as a Carlton man, I can tell you firsthand they will be using him as a tagger because he does not. Sorry, Ed, I love Ed, but he shouldn't be in the starting team. He he was used for his leg speed, I think, off the off the bench uh, and the running carry that he can provide. But his kicking is not good. He's not good. So watch for that. He's played forward sheets. a little bit as well, hasn't he? He has, yep. So, yeah, so, again, kind of like that well. Ben Keys kind mm. of mould, I guess. Yeah, negating forward. Mm. Um, but then there's also Hewitt as well, Georgie Hewitt. So there's a couple of yeah. options that could run through him uh, and do a bit of a tag team uh, combo. Uh, but let's move on to this last game here. It is the Giants up against the Sainters on Sunday at 4.40 p.m. at Giants Stadium. And we have uh, one standard option here with Rowan Marshall. 
And it is because partially the GWS give away the second most points to Ruckman, uh, which is juicy. And the fact that he's hit form in recent weeks also with scores of 159, 107 and 131. So he's hitting his traps at the right time. Um, bit of a slow start to the season. Some traded him out uh, to, to their frustration uh, and more so now that they'd be seeing that he's scoring quite well. Um, but yeah, he again plays in the last game, Liam. Can you put the captaincy option on anyone playing in the last game? You can. I mean, brought with danger, apparently. There's no law against it. You can do what you no. like. Yeah, you can do what you like. It's, yeah, it's not against the law. You're not going to get arrested by the super coach <laughs> police. <laughs> Thrown in super coach jail. <laughs> do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Thanks for the free parking. <laughs> I can just imagine you rocking up with your little captaincy <laughs> hat on being like, mate, you're under arrest. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'll be wearing this exact hat. Yeah, they'll be like, "Who the hell are you, mate?" And I'm like, oh, "Well, I'm the super coach uh, superintendent, um, and I'm also uh, the wallet inspector." Um, the wallet inspector, like Snake from The Simpsons. A uh, wallet inspector. Oh, here you go. I believe that's all in order. <laughs> I can't believe that worked. Hey, that's not the wallet inspector. Um, but yeah, anyway. Enough with that. Uh, let's jump into our little captaincy head-to-head, Liam. Mm. What, uh, what, what's, what say you um, in terms of where you're thinking of going? Oh, well, first and first and foremost, let's how do we go? Jump last into week? what happened last week. Yeah, yeah. So you picked uh, Clary Oliver with your number one pick, mm. uh, who scored one nineteen, and I picked Lockie Neal, who scored one oh nine. So a very very close mm. one, only ten points in it. Which was which was nice. You even not even, but you closed the ledger a little bit. Three wins uh for you and five wins for myself. And uh the you obviously closed the gap by ten points. The pink sweaty pig delivered yet again. And I think mm. it's there's a bit of a correlation there. I have to go him uh every second week that I can because he's delivering me wins. <laughs> That's literally all there is to it. <laughs> that is it. That is it. Yeah. And this is a week where I have the first pick and I mm. have zero clue what I am going to do. I love how we just like rolled through the VC and C options. And off the back of that, we're like, who do we yeah, go for? None of them. Uh, Maxi gone. Gorny. Oh, me so gorny. Yep. I like it. Who am I going to go? I would have gone golden. I think otherwise just for a bit of fun. Yeah, that's true. What about Walshy? Walshie is an option, but I don't trust my mob and we're going to get absolutely mm. smashed. So it's going to be a tough ask for him. I'm going to go for your man. I was very Ooh, close to saying my Bont, option. but I'm going to go for Zachary Merritt. Surely he's going to be in for a Painful big, matchup. big game. Yeah. Yep. So let's lock her like in. Like it. Like it. Very nice. Liam, what's, uh, what, what comes up next? Now we, we get to answer some questions. Mm. In I got to know. Hey, I got to know. Very good. And there's been a few questions that have been sent there to is in, a few. Uh, this like week. It. Um, last second as yeah. well. We did a bit of a call out last Quite second. Like, if you want any questions answered, uh, send them through. Mm. And there was a flurry. Uh, it was actually want... a couple I've added there as we've been recording it. You, uh, you'll probably see a couple of newbie, yeah, wow. newbies there. Yes. Let's do it. So, first up, we have Brad Door at Brad Door 4 and says the. Oh. He's asking the best downgrade options this week and hopper replacements. Pretty common question, no doubt. Haha. <laughs> well, yes, that is true. And we were actually going to do a bit of a um uh bit of a talking point uh coming off the back mm. of chatting about trades. 
in terms of uh, ranking rookies, so we'll do it uh, in terms of answering your question, Brad. So, Liam, I'll pass the uh, the baton to you to um, to answer this first up. Yeah, tough one. I'm not entirely sure what I think. I do like Humphrey, one, for his buy structure, two, for his – he's got the, probably the best scoring potential and job security of those other guys. Mm-hmm. And I don't trust his, like I say, scoring potential with like a real asterisk next to it. So he's probably, he sits one based off that, but his price is his biggest issue. Very, very close second is Blake Drury for me. Um, I can't see him being dropped with like, I think they had like five injuries on the weekend. Um, So I can't see him moving on. Bargain basement price, he frees up a lot of cash, play him off your bench. Um, Yeah. Then probably Harry Sharp. Um, if he's named, he might move up. It's it's really hard because we don't know what teams, what players are being named. Harry Sharp probably if if Sharp's named, I probably prefer him over Humphrey. Yeah. Um, because of his uh, price, but yeah, he probably sits third because I do think he's going to get dropped, and then Thomas Berry probably sits in fourth just because of the role. Um, but he has the juicy buy structure, so it's it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, and it is, yeah. We could, yeah, as you say, you could probably answer this best when team sheets are announced on yeah. Thursday. But, yeah, I think for me, uh, I would say Harry Sharp. Uh, I'm looking at him personally for my own team. Yeah. Um, again, with Humphrey, it comes down to circumstance. I'm not in the position to be able to afford to use almost the trade in the sideways nature yes. to bring in Humphrey. Yeah, and that's, that's the other thing. I think it depends on your side. Yeah. So that for me means... Um, Again, he's relegated to behind Drury, who I have in the second spot. Alongside, actually, I've forgotten as well. I'm going to add in an extra option here. doesn't apply to you, Liam, because you've already got him, but Campbell Chesser, I'm going to oh, add yeah. him in um, as an equal first option for me, I think. Um, I really if like Chesser's. Chesser's name, I like him, yeah. Yeah, he's job security. They've They've got like you know, 10 players and witches hats taking up the rest of the field and they're playing like it as well. Unfortunately, apologies to West coast fans out there, but um, and I can't speak as a cult man, but um, yeah, I think a sharp and Chesser alongside each other jury uh, in that second spot or third spot, if you want to call it that uh, followed by Humphrey and then Barry last in that order there. Yep. Yeah. And then with, with Hopper as well, I think in terms of replacements, like it goes without saying, aim for as high as you can. Clary, I think go for him first and foremost. Yeah. Apart from him, uh, I'd be looking actually at a merit um, where we spoke of like, there's so yeah. many things going for him, the loss of Parrish, uptick in CBAs on the horizon um, and that favorable fixture as well. I think he's going to go absolutely bananas. Um, so yeah. for me, I would, I'd be going for him, but anyone that catches your eye, Liam? No, I agree with those two. Uh, Walsh is probably the other one for me. Mm. Yep. Um, especially if you can get some DPP status, because you would have slot him straight into your mid uh, forward line and bingo mango. Uh, the other one that I might consider would be a bit of a left field option, and that is Chad Warner, just because he could mm. have some upside like with Mills out. Yep. Bit of a bit of a risky option there. Let's move on to the next question. And it is from on Facebook on from Michael Higginson. And he asks, what to do with Orwin Davey? Should I trade to Humphreys or someone cheaper? How would two games at TIO affect Humphreys scoring? If Davey dropped, could hold and see how Wardlaw goes if he plays. 
Yes. Okay. Then we're going to throw that one to you. Uh, so he's in that situation that I was alluding to where you're trading almost sideways trading. Well, Davies it's, up, to Humphrey. it's actually an upgrade. Yeah. 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 Cause you're having to pour some more cash into it on top of that trade. So yeah. you're burning a trade. Uh, straight up and you're not gaining any cash, but you're actually losing cash in this sense because you have to, you have to fund the trade. Um, I think if you haven't brought in the likes of Atkins um, and made one of these similar trades already, mm-hmm. I think you could potentially afford to do it again, depending on where your team's at and how many trades you've used thus far. Um, because yeah, it's, it's like writing the cash wave. He could probably, he's got, you know, the best job security out of any of the guys we've mentioned. Uh, so that's a big tick. Um, and yeah, he's, he's got that big score in his price cycle for three weeks now, or another, another two weeks after this weekend. And he's, um, yeah, he's, he's going to go, going to go bananas and guarantee you a bit of cash in the bank. So if you are, if you have been missing rookies to the caliber of like a Chandler and stuff, and you need to make back a little bit of ground, I don't, I don't mind going for Humphreys, but again, so many of those factors that I just alluded to, which kind of dictate us, dictates us whether or not you can go for Humphreys. Um, that's whether or not TIO affects Humphreys. Who knows? I have no idea. He's only played what five, six games. Five games, six games, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and you made a good point. If Davies dropped, could hold and see how Wardlaw goes. Um, again, Wardlaw is at that higher price point as well, but more of a sideways trade. I think you'll actually gain around about a K <laughs> from that trade. <laughs> um, provided Davy doesn't play, yes. But um, yeah, and you use him as a loophole option if you can. Um because that's kind of what a lot of us have been doing with with uh, Roberts from Sydney and and Johnson, yeah. Whilst he's been suspended, so uh, use it to your advantage if you can. But uh, I'd, yeah, if if you're not in that situation to bring in Humphreys, I'd be looking to bring in a Sharp or a Chesser maybe. Um, but yeah, that's that's just me. Any, yeah. any thoughts? I have nothing to add to that. I think you nailed it in every way. I don't have anything else to say. But nice. Well, I'll throw this next question to you, Liam. It's yep. from James Chatterton uh, on Facebook. And he asks, Jeremy Cameron for F5. So that's obviously his personal situation, given the specific F5. Um, what do you what do you think? Can he fit into the forward line that's already crammed with, you know, Taranto, Dunkley, Rosie, Cogs, and Sheasel potentially if you've got him up there? Um, and then maybe a Gorn, maybe a Walsh as well, if both of those guys come yeah. in. Like, is it worth it? I don't think it's currently worth it. I mean, he is the sixth current sixth highest ranking forward. Mm-hmm. So does technically fit into F6 uh, at this stage. Though, I mean, just I don't like key forwards. I don't like key forwards at this stage of the season. If you trade him in now, you're going to have to hold him for the mm-hmm. whole season. Um, in essence, and we've seen volatility in scoring. He scored 66 on the weekend, 87. 88, 106, 119, 156, 77, 149, 80. That's his scores. Uh, getting back to round one. Um, and his price has fluctuated. He started the season at 501, is now 523, but he hit a peak of 591. So he's all over the place um, in terms of his scoring. I personally wouldn't want to trade him in at this stage of the season and get him because you're going to have to cop that volatility. I'd probably be waiting until the end of the season, maybe five, six weeks out, then be, if he's if he looks like he's in some good form then, that's when I'd be considering a player that's a key position forward that you could play off your bench as well. Sort of your F7 almost, um, or an F6 who you could loop in with an F, F7. Yeah, those guys that have the really big ceiling but quite a low floor and that volatility, yeah. as you said, is pretty crazy. Um, yeah. Similar price point at the moment anyway, but uh, it's no doubt uh, going to rise. But Maxi Gorn, if he gets DPP, because at the moment he's priced at 518.3K, 
Um, for a similar price point, I'd be waiting a couple of weeks yeah. um, for Gorney uh, and get him into your team. Um, Jeremy Cameron. Agreed. When I read that, I initially thought maybe he made a mistake and meant Darcy Cameron because Jeremy Cameron hasn't been in the best form in recent weeks, as you as you mentioned with the scoreline there. Um, and for those people that are looking at Darcy Cameron, I know a few people are trading him in according to the most traded in plays. He's actually the fourth most traded in player um, in terms of my screen anyway for, for guys that aren't in my team um, with 3.9% of people going for Darcy Cameron as well, which if you're going for him, 55, just, just as a bit of an aside, 55 break even. Would you do it, Liam? For me, it's a no. Yeah. No, because we haven't seen... I don't want to pick a player coming off injury. Yep. Um, In their first week back, I'd want to wait a week at least. Yep. And again, opt for Gorn. Gorn's the better yeah. alternative to, to him. Um, Yeah. And you're going to get the the same coverage as a forward ruck, uh, coverage if, if uh, Gorn gets it. Agreed. Agreed. Now let's kick off with the next question. And it is from Supercoach Pleb at Supercoach Pleb. Make sure you follow them on Twitter. Um, quality content coming out of them, especially Simpsons memes, which we all love. Yes. Hey, fellas, a long-time listener, second-time commenter. I am unfortunately dealing with what I thought was a pod in Masonwood. He's been playing like a wet blanket as of late. Should I just bite the old bullet and not rage trade him? Should I just bite the old bullet and not rage trade him? Yours sincerely, Papa Roach, last resort. <laughs> um, I'm going to look him up. I haven't even yeah. considered Masonwood. Yeah, well, he's, he's had a shit one in the past couple of weeks. He's, he's had a 63 and a 74. And his averages is during that time has dropped from 105.1 to 97. Um, prior to that, mm. he had four tons and scores of 89, 98, and 97. So he's had a bit of a downturn in yep. form, it looks. Um, I think, mm. again, it depends how many trades you've got up your sleeve. Supercoach play the rest of your team, yeah. Yeah, rest of your team, how it fits in. He's a midfielder as well. I had no idea. I, thought, I just assumed he was a forward. No, please across the wing. Yeah. Strange. But I, I thought in Supercoach, he would have been a midfield uh, forward. Because I mean, traditionally yeah. at uh, the Ruse, he was playing up, up forward. And yeah, interesting. Uh, I think at that price point, 476.9, you can't really get anyone of, of quality unless you've got a bit of money in the bank. You'd probably have to look for a DPP swing, I'd say there. Yep. Um, And even then, I don't know what you'd get yeah. for that price, really. Or and yeah, it, it depends as well because we don't know what players you don't have in your team that you're missing. Like you could tip in a bit of coin to go for like a Cogs. Um, we assume you've got Rosie. Um, yeah, Liam Gordon. Baker four seventy three point three k on a bit no, of a tear. Not 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 the Baker, not the <sighs> candlestick maker. He burnt us bad last year. Never again burn book the uh, the Swiss Army knife as we call him because he doesn't have a set role. Bloody Hardwick. Um, yeah, I don't know who else you could go for. Maybe a Sinclair. He's dropping at the moment. You could trade up to Sicily, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough Maxi one. Gorn. Maxi Gorn, wait for him. <laughs> well, she yeah. wait for him. Pour some more cash in. Yeah, I'd, I reckon you probably, you'll just have to ride it out at the moment and hope that he meets his break even at 135 or at least minimizes the uh, the cash bleed that he's got at the moment. Um Got the Giants, and then he's got the Hawks in a couple of weeks as well. So you'd think should have a half decent game against them. Yep. Now let's move on to the next question. Yes, has been sent on, sent in by the Duke, and yes. he's at the real Duke. 
and he's a he's a long time uh yes viewer of our content on youtube because he, he comments a fair bit so thanks for tuning in the duke and uh likewise as well super coach player but everyone else that has sent in questions as well he asks hey guys i'm currently ranked 258th overall so well done the duke going well very nice I'm going Hopper and Chandler to Sharp and one of Walsh or Merritt. The buy doesn't matter. Who should I go? His current plan is round 10, Ashcroft slash Ryan and a rookie to Darcy Cameron and Bubble Boy. Round 11, Ashcroft, so whoever he doesn't trade out the previous week, will trade this week or that in round 11. Round 11, yeah. Plus a rookie to a rookie and Dawson. Yeah. And then round 12 is his final up. So he's, he's obviously got three rookies on field at the moment that yep. he wants to get rid of. So he's in a similar position to me, actually. Um, yeah. Okay. Buy so, doesn't matter. And obviously, there's, there's, I mean, there's a big golf in prices there as well. Um, so is, is he saying that this trade will happen around 12, considering he's outlined? No, I think he's saying it's this this week. Now heading into round this week, 10, he's okay. going to heading into round ten. So I think he means after round ten, he'll do the Ashcroft Ryan and rookie to decam. I'm assuming. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a tough one. I think at the lower price point, I would go. I would set aside my love affair with Walshie, and I'd probably go with Merritt because he presents more upside um, in the short term. But I'd try and target Walsh as well. Um, even more so if he gets the forward DPP, like he's almost a must if he does. Um, I don't know. What what are your thoughts, Liam? It's funny. I was the opposite. So I feel like oh, we've okay. both got our anti-bias in there. Yeah. Like we don't want to be bi- look like we're biased. I'd probably go Walsh purely because of that DPP. But the risk is he might not get DPP. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I think you're right, though, actually, when I think about it a bit more. Probably I would go for Merit. There's some more value there as well like you can use that cash i mean it's probably gets you what 70k off memory 80k something like that yeah yep yeah 70k thereabouts yeah um yep okay i think either way they're, they're both yeah i don't options. think it's it's not a bad yeah you, you've got there's ups you're not going you're not going to get a bad pick doing that i don't think yeah and i think go, like yeah even if walsh doesn't get dpp on average he's the sixth best averaging midfielder at the moment. Yeah. So he's still a worthy pick in in, in himself anyway. So um, exactly. flip a coin if you want to, but uh, yeah, I think you can't go wrong with either if you want to go for Walsh or Merritt. Um, but I reckon I'd go for Merritt ahead of Walsh and then target or whoever, let's, let's put it this way, whoever you go for this week, try and get them in the following weeks, potentially as that final up after round 12. But Liam, before we wrap up, things let's run through our super coach edge cup group results after round nine yes our super coach edge cup public group leader is the carryover leader yet again with rehab with his team colin good he had a round score of 2293 a total score of 20693 and his overall ranked ninth which is up from 15th last week so he is absolutely flying and climbing as well which is good to see yeah incredible and he's in he's in one of my um one of my cash long-standing cash leagues the hot shots shout out to them and shout out to rehab you're absolutely killing it mate so keep going great guns uh the top scorer for the round was jason with his team woolly ruse 
with a round score of 2,465 and a round rank of 10th. So well done there, Jason. Mm -hmm. And for our Patreon exclusive group, the leader is... T. Prestitutes, Inc. Yet again, that's... um... Jonas. Jonas Goat. Jonas. Jonas Goat. Round score of 2,196, a total score of 20,250, and he has an overall rank of 505, so he's 505th overall. And Damon, you took out the weekly top score yet again with 2,330. Very, very nice. Just like a jockey down the straight, just feverishly (laughs) on the back. (laughs) Hopefully it doesn't run out of puff. And in terms of the Patreon exclusive cash league, do you want to run through the results, Damon? Yes. So we had Popper Ball FC uh, with a score of 2,148. Defeated by Caro's Crushers, uh, 2,294. We had the Sharpshooters with a score of 2,212, defeating our father in law, Tankers, uh, who scored 2,073. Church of Parish, uh, aka Ulim, uh, scored. I get a win? 2,279, and you defeated oh, 6-18 Emper, uh, one of our longtime supporters. Yes. Sorry, 2,043, uh, and running it out with myself, DJ Trade a lot, uh, scored 2,330, defeating Black on White, who scored 2,107. And must mention as well, league ranking, a bit of a shout out to all of us here. We're ranked 12th overall, 12th of 1,156 uh, leagues uh, that are structured with, I think I assume it's just eight up to eight players, which is what our yeah, league is structured. Very good. So, very nice. Well done, crew. Well done. Very nice. And let's have a quick look at the ladder. Uh, in first place, we've got Brett with his team, the Sharpshooters, on 28 points. Uh, he's seven wins, one loss, and sits with five wins in his last five rounds. Uh, Damon, you sit in second. DJ trade a lot, 24 points, six wins, two losses, and five from five in your last five. Uh, in third place, we've got Wade with his team, Carps Crushers. He sits on 20 points, five wins, three losses, and he's won three of his last five. Uh, Tankers, with sorry, Peter with his team, Tankers, he sits in 16th. Uh, he's won four. Uh, matches 4-4, four, 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 and he has gone 3-2 in his last five. Uh, ton, uh, Matthew with his team, Tun 6-1-8, Lemper. He has 12 points, uh, and he is in fifth place based off uh, his points, uh, total points for the – yeah, total based points. Uh, he has three wins, five losses, and has gone 1-4 in his last five. Scott Arthur sits in sixth with his team black on white, just under Emperor on the same number of points, 12, but below him uh, based off point differential. Three uh, wins, five losses, and 0-5 in his last five. Popper Ball FC, Dylan, he has eight points and sits in seventh spot, two wins, six losses, and has gone 1-4. And I sit on the bottom of the ladder still, but I'm coming. I'm coming. Absolutely yeah, you coming. are. Gonna, gonna, coming from nowhere. I've had two wins, three losses, in the last five and I have had two wins in total, six losses and I have eight points on the bottom of the ladder. I just did that in the complete opposite order. <laughs> but you, you're you not the uh, the least scoring team either at the moment. So you've got something going for you. Yes. So um, yes. You're, on, you're on your way back. I'm coming. Yep. You're coming. Take off. Good a moon, as we say. I'll see you there. <laughs> 
And that brings us to the end of the show. But before we go, uh, where can our listeners find us across our socials? Yes, on YouTube, if you search Supercoach Edge, don't forget to like and subscribe and, yeah, just uh, just have a watch. Uh, on Twitter, you'll find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge, Damon at, at DamoJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, search Supercoach Edge, and that's where you'll find us. Very nice. And as always, thanks to those that have got around us on YouTube by subscribing to our channel and helping us in our pursuit of hitting 1K mm, by the end of the season. You. So if you haven't already subscribed and are keen to help us on our way, we thank you in advance. And uh, we've had a few people subscribe off the back of uh, uh, the latest Team Talk uh, mini episode that's uh, put out. Uh, it was this morning, I think it was. or Yeah, it was this morning. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks again to those people that are watching, consuming our content, enjoying it. Uh, does... does um, I was going to say, what's the, what's the saying about cockles of your heart? Fills the cockles of your heart? Is that, is it? Yeah, I think so. Warms, yeah. warms the cockles warms, of Yeah, it warms. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. During these uh, cold, uh, cold, cold mornings. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's it for another episode. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. All the best, of course, for the round ahead. And we'll catch you same time, same place. See you guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.